I'm reviewing here! Boo boo boo! Hello, everybody! Welcome to another episode of I'm Reviewing Here! Oh, that hurt. A podcast where I, Matthew Bussy, watches and reviews Sight and Sound's top greatest movies of all time. I don't know why I do that. I like to just. I have my own language, you know? Wow, it's been a while. Uh, yes, you may have noticed that we had to skip a day. Sadly, um. I had to go to the hospital, you guys, because. Um, I had diarrhea. No, I'm kidding. No, uh, okay. Workmeister Harmonies. I think that's how you say the movie. No, that's not the hospital. That's the name of the movie that was supposed to be reviewed on Wednesday. It's a Hungarian movie. And I, through sweat and blood, looked everywhere to find this movie. And I cannot find it anywhere. It's nowhere. It's gone. Finito. Gone. It's dissipated. Yeah, I can't find it. And I really, really want to see it because uh, it's directed by uh, this guy who... I don't remember his name. I'm sorry. I'm really out of it today, you guys. Please forgive me. No, Workmeister Harmonies, though. And again, I'm sorry if I'm not saying it right. But uh, yeah, it's supposed to be amazing. And I love the poster for the movie because it's a cute little elephant eye. And I love elephants. Elephants are so good. You know, when I was a kid, I always envisioned a world where... Every household has an elephant instead of a car and the elephant talks to you and you have to, you get to go through town in the elephant, you know, on the elephant. And if it rains, you insert this little like room on the elephant's belly and you go in there if it's raining. Isn't that cool? Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. And I always wanted an African elephant because their ears are bigger and I like big ears on animals. I think that's really cute. And also, um, in this world of mine, when you're born, you get an ape. So you get uh, an, a gorilla, an orangutan, or a chimp. And Dunstan Checks In is like one of the greatest movies of all time. Not on this list, but it should be. And so I wanted to have an orangutan. So that's that was my childhood. <laughs> yeah, um... An elephant and an orangutan. But yeah, Workmeister Harmonies, though, it's not about elephants. Uh, no, it's it's meant to be a very artsy-fartsy uh, Hungarian movie. Uh, it is uh, shot in black and white. Sorry, yeah. And, and uh, it's basically revolves around this dark circus that comes to this town and it causes old wounds to open up. I'm making that up. Yeah, but I don't know. I can't find it anywhere. I can't. I can't. And if I do find it, I'm going to watch it right away and maybe I'll have a bonus episode. I don't know. Uh, we'll see though. I did find it, you know, it's kind of scary, but like, you know, you, you, you can just Google a movie and then space hit space and then type in watch and you can find sites where you can watch these movies, which I don't recommend. You should not do that. And the people uploading movies that way, uh, that's illegal. So don't do that as well. But you know, I did find it on one site, and a part of me was like, well, it's nowhere. It's not on the Criterion channel. It's nowhere. Should I just watch it on here? I started watching it, and it was out of sync. Yeah, out of sync. So, you know, I just kind of had to pull the plug and uh, skip it. But anyway, Workmeister Harmonies. It looks really, really good. If you have seen it, leave me a message. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Yeah, uh, you know, I never watched that show when I was a kid. Kim Possible. I'm not into animated shows. I really never was. Except for Doug. Doug on um, Nickelodeon was my favorite. Dude, 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 dude. Okay. Isn't Doug, isn't that where Teach Me How to Dougie was formed? Yeah, because his friend, uh, uh, um, 
Scranch or what's his name? Ske Skeeter. Yeah, Skeeter teaches him how to Dougie. Yeah. Yeah, and his girlfriend, Patty Ketchup. Just kidding. Anyway, today, my friends, um, I'm in a very horrible mood. Uh, I had uh, some issues today with my pharmacy, but I'm not going to get into that. It's a long story and just... <sighs> Pharmacies drive me up a freaking wall. They really do. Um, and there's a lot going on right now this week, but... Uh... Oh, no, not this week. Wait, what week is this airing? <laughs> crap april 7th oh yeah well oh happy passover everybody happy pesach if you're not jewish go to a seder oh my god go to one it's so much fun you get to eat and drink and you get to yell and um sing let my people go and die die and it's so cool and if you're really into it you pick up parsley and you hit people on the face with it yeah it's really cool i did that last year at a passover seder super super cool maybe it wasn't a seder actually it could have just been like a secret fraternity or I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, happy Passover. If you're Jewish and you're listening to this, if you're not Jewish, get Jewish, go be Jewish, do it. It's an awesome religion. I don't know if there are any like Jewish movies on this list, but oh my God, when one comes, I'm going to pee my pants and I'm going to watch it in 10 minutes because I love Jewish movies. I work for a Jewish film nonprofit. So of course I like, well, you know, literally yes, pee my pants. If there's a new Jewish movie coming out, there is one coming out soon. Are you there? God, it's me, Margaret with a, uh, Rachel McAdams and Kathy Bates. Yeah, that comes out this month, I think, by Judy Bloom. Yeah, never read it. Well, I didn't. It's her books. What books did she do? I don't remember. Weren't they like kind of like girly books, like the Babysitter's Club? I don't know. Today, my friends, though, look, I'm in a bad mood. Uh, I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let my bad mood go into your ears from through this podcast. Oh, I can't. Yeah, I'm a horrible writer. I'm not going to be in a bad mood during this episode, though. I am excited to talk about this uh, today's film, though, because uh, it, it stuck with me. It really did. Today, we are reviewing Taste of Cherry. terrible trailer sorry <laughs> yeah and also well okay let me get into this um this movie was a little hard to watch because it's on hbo max which is really awesome but the restoration is horrible it's horrible i thought something was wrong with my tv because it's so the quality is very low resolution and the subtitles are like incredibly wonky they're nice and big but they're like staticky you know it's like like when they come up and 
I, I don't know. I, so that was, that did make, uh, watching this a little hard, but you know, I'm not, you can't blame the movie for that. Uh, that's just, uh, whoever restored the movie, you know, but, uh, but you know, what's also more annoying. I'm laughing because I just went on YouTube to find that trailer and someone uploaded taste of cherry to YouTube and the quality is amazing. So I should have just watched it on there. Ugh, damn it. I don't think it would have impacted the way I feel about this movie. So, um, cherry bomb i love that song cherry I, I don't even like cherries i don't but yeah i don't even really know why this movie's called taste of cherries i'm gonna the more i talk about it i think i'll i'll understand why but taste of cherry did i like this movie did i not like it did i hate it uh no i didn't hate it i didn't love it though i have to be honest um i think it has beautiful moments it has really beautiful insightful dialogue uh it's very sad uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a poem. The whole movie is like a poem, you know? Now, for those of you listening who hate artsy movies, yeah, you, you probably won't like this. Uh, uh, Taste of Cherry is slow moving. It is a slow burn, but I, it's, I stuck with it. I definitely did from beginning to end. And it is very much like a poem. This is by a director. Um, his name is, I think his name is, how you pronounce it, is Abbas Kiarostomi. Kiarostami, no, Kiarostami, Kiarostami, sorry, that's, yeah, it's hard, he is one of, um, he passed away in 2016, but he, he's like an alter in every sense of the, the word, you know, he is a, he was a very, very famous, critically acclaimed director from Iran, um, Iranian cinema, I just have to give a shout out, Iranian cinema is friggin' amazing, they, the writers over there, the the directors, the actors, they, they, well, no, the actors are great, but the writers and directors, I mean, the stories that they come up with are just absolutely riveting. You know, you may have heard of a, a movie called A Separation. Have you heard about that movie? It's directed by this uh, Iranian guy named uh, Ashgar, Var, Ashgar, Far, f- Jesus Christ. Oscar Farhadi, Farhadi, yeah, but he's done other movies, he did The Salesman, he did uh, A Hero, which came out in 2021, I think that's on Amazon Prime, oh my god, check out his movies, they're amazing, I'm really, uh, I was very, very happy to finally watch a Kiarostami movie, though, because he's done a lot more, and I'm pretty certain a lot more of his movies are on this list, Taste of Cherry, you know, it was critically acclaimed when it came out, it came out in 1997 and won the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival, it, you know, was on a lot of critics' top 10 lists. Uh, it, it's, uh, it just had a few problems, I think. Um, it did, which I'm going to get into. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I, I am very excited, though, to see. I'm excited to watch more of Kiarostami's movies because he is a true visual poet, you know? Like, I, I, and I'm going to use that word, poet, poetry, visual poetry. You know, I'm going to use that word a million times in this episode. But he is. He, he really is. Um... So, Taste of Cherry, what is this movie? It's a poem! Okay, I'll shut up now. Um, no, it is a poem, though. So, basically, we follow... The, the movie... How do I say this? The movie is about a man facing his own mortality. Or or questioning his own mortality. It's, it's a, a very minimalist film. You know, there's not a whole lot... Barely any actors in it. Uh, it, it follows this man as he basically drives around a desert in, uh, Tehran and he wants to die. (sighs) 
I know another depressing movie. No, no, no. Taste of Cherry. It, it's um, it's got very sad, very heavy themes. But no, it's not like a sad movie, uh, in per se, I guess, unless you're like super emotional. But I don't know. It it didn't make me upset. It it moved me a few times, but let's just get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. You know, because I want to say why I had issues with it, but. We first have to talk about the movie. So we follow this guy. His name is Mr. Badi, B-A-D-I-I. He's played by, oh boy, Homayun Urshadi. Yeah. Oh, he's still alive. He was in Zero Dark Thirty and The Kite Runner. Oh, I have actually haven't seen The Kite Runner, but it's like one of my favorite books ever. So good. Read it. Yeah, Mr. Badi, he's this uh, youngish looking man. Uh, he doesn't really smile ever and... He, you know, when we see him, he is just driving around the desert. And, you know, there are all these, all of these laborers coming up to his car asking for work and he's kind of ignoring them. And he just has his eye on the road, his eyes on the road. And he's really, he he wants to do something and you can't really tell what he's doing. Um, (laughs) I'm laughing at my notes. One of the notes I said, the subtitles are freaking huge, all caps. Anyway, uh. Yeah, so, you know, he is driving around, and he picks up some people. The movie basically is his interaction with with these people, his interactions with these people. He first picks up this young uh, soldier from uh, uh, Kurdish? No, no, Kurdish is the nationality. Kurdistan, Kurdistan, I'm sorry. Yeah, Kurdistan. Oh, I'm getting a little... I like this podcast because you know why? I learn about geography, and it makes me feel really good. No, but... uh, this soldier, he's a he's a Kurdish soldier, unnamed. You never know his name. And he's, you know, they have a talk about a lot of things. And then this is where things get really dark. You know, Mr. Badi, you're, you're kind of wondering, like, who is this guy? What does he want? Is he like a serial killer? Like, why is he picking up these random guys? Early on in the movie, when he picks up the soldier, he reveals his plan to the soldier. He says, you know, soldier, I'm going to die. I'm going to kill myself. I've already dug up a grave. Uh, and he brings the soldier to where the grave is. And he tells them that, you know, he's going to die. And he tells the soldier, I'm sorry, I like, I just watched this last night. I, Yeah, no, he tells the soldier, he says, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to be in this hole. I want you to come to the hole uh, tomorrow at 6 a.m. And if I ask for help, I want you to get me out. If I don't ask for help, I want you to leave me there. Okay? And just let me die in that hole alone, looking up at the sky. All right? Woo! Um, awkward, am I right? Yeah. I mean, what do you do? What do you say to that? This soldier is immediately like, uh, what? I don't like this. Is this like a joke? What are you doing? And he, you know, flees. He gets out of the car. So that's kind of the interesting dynamic about this this character, Mr. Badi. We we don't know anything about him. We never do this whole movie. We never do. We don't know his past. We don't know what happened. Why does he want to die? Except he doesn't really want to die because he's also telling this guy, uh, you know, I might change my mind the next morning, so I just want you to be there. You know, it's 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 a very unusual, peculiar situation. Not to mention, really, uh, I mean, Mr. Badi, you seem like a nice dude, but yeah, that's kind of, uh, you, you need to get some help. <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't, I don't really know if that's the healthy way to go about doing this. Uh, but 
that soldier, he's like, hell no. He flees. He gets out of the car. Uh, Mr. Buddy then picks up um, an Afghan man, and he's super, super religious. And, and you know, Buddy tells him all about his plan, and this guy is just telling him, no, 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 you can't do this. Suicide's not the right way to go. And, and uh, you know, there was a line that uh, I kind of, well, I didn't like it because it's very dark, but it, it stuck with me. You know, the guy, the, the Afghan guy is talking about God and, and, you know, religion. And no, you're not supposed to die. You're supposed to live. You know, you got to embrace life. YOLO. If you keep if you know, you know, I can never say the acronym. And Badi says, you know, he's exhausted and can't wait for God to act. So he's deciding to act for himself. And yeah, that's kind of like interesting. And, you know, this guy says another great thing, too. He says hurting the people close to you is a great sin, too, because, you know, Badi's trying to reason with him and say, it's my choice. It's my choice. I want to die. I'm a human. I want to die, you know? And the guy says, I understand it's your choice, but what about the people that you're going to hurt? You know, that's something that is really important to remember. Uh, and, and yeah, you know, the dialogue in this, uh, Kiarostami, he also, I forgot to say, he wrote and produced, the, wrote and produced and directed this. This was, this was his baby. I think all of his movies he wrote and directed. His dialogue is very, very, uh, revealing and, and, uh, you know, humanistic in a way and, and deep and, Basically, the last person that Mr. Buddy picks up is a taxidermist, and he is taxidermy scares the crap out of me. He uh, is an Az Azuri, A Z E R I. What is an Azuri? Oh, from Az Azerbaijani. Oh, it's a it's a language. Okay, it's guys. I don't know my geography. It's it's it. I think it's Iranian. I forget. But um. Oh crap. I got a phone call to to telephone. Oh, how's that song go? I forget. Sorry, it was my dad. Where was I? Yes, he picks up that uh, Azurai taxidermist, and this guy. This is where the movie. I I rolled my eyes a little bit because this guy. He says that he's willing to help. I totally forgot to say too, but Badi, he he's telling these guys, "I'll pay you. I'll pay you a bunch of money if you agree with what I want to do." You know. So that's kind of a bit of a, an incentive, but, you know, at the same time, it's like twisted in a way. But, you know, this guy, uh, his, and he has a name too. His name is Mr. Bagheri. Bagheri says, um, you know, yes, I could use the money because my child is sick, uh, but, you know, you also shouldn't commit suicide. Um, and then he says, in the 60s, he um, also wanted to commit suicide, but he failed and then he tasted mulberries, which fell from a tree. And then he then went home with these berries and gave them to his wife. And then um, he tries to kind of make a, he goes on the spiel about how the berries represent the beauty of life and everything is beautiful. And we need to accept that. And um, and then, you know, Bagheri basically, uh, con you know, concurs and says, Okay, I'll do this for you. Um, I'm gonna, I'll go, I'll follow through with this. And you know, if you're dead in the morning, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bury you. Like I'm gonna throw dirt on you. And Badi basically drops him back off at his job. And then, uh, okay, he his plan worked. Now I said I rolled my eyes at that part because the whole mulberry thing. What is what the hell is a mulberry? It's a plant. Where are they? 
indigenous in... Oh, England? They're in England? I'm looking on Wikipedia right now. Yeah, it's a pl- it's a it's a plant, but they grow berries. Um, why wasn't the movie called Taste of Mulberry? Uh, that sounds like an ad for a blackberry. Or I don't know. It's a mulberry. It just sounds like a. I it always makes me think of a blackberry. But I rolled my eyes because that whole you know backstory, that little anecdote, it was a little, a little cringe worthy. You know, it was just a little bit like I I, I don't know. I think. Trying to make a parallel between mulberries and why you should try to survive. It just sounds a little bit campy, I think. I mean, it's like, I wanted a dad, then I had a Philly cheesesteak, and it changed my outlook on life. What? Are you kidding? Food can really change your life. Food can. Uh, cooking can. I was in a really dark place a few years ago. I've never in my life been suicidal, but I was in a really dark place a few years ago, and... Uh, I started cooking and cooking saved my life. So yeah, food can change you. I just feel like in this context, it was a little silly. So how's this movie end? Get ready. Are you ready? It's ambiguous. Of course, it's ambiguous. It's it's a poem. It's a poetic film. Every poetic film is is ambiguous. Is is ambiguous. Uh, you know, we still you know we're near the end of this movie. We still don't know what the hell this guy is, Body. Why why does he want? What is going on? You know, it's frustrating. Badi, you know, it's a late night, there's a thunderstorm coming, and he goes into his grave, there's like no talking at all, there's hardly any dialogue, all you can hear is the thunder, there's also no music, like this whole movie, there's none of that. He lies in his grave, the thunderstorm is beginning, and it's a really good shot uh, of, uh, you know, the him in the grave, and you just see the flash, it's at night, and you just see the flash of lights going over his face, it's a very uh, uh, dark, but, you know, beautiful shot. And then the movie goes to black, and I thought it was the end of the movie, but then Kiarostami does something very unusual. He breaks the fourth wall, and he shows you the actual actor who plays Badi, you know, Urshadi. He shows him and all this, like, B-roll production footage of them filming this movie. Huh? What? Why did he do that? Why did he do that? Why did he break the fourth wall? That really bothered me in this movie, I have to admit. It really bothered me. Uh, That's it. That's Taste of Cherry. That's how it ends. His fate is left unknown. And then there was just this weird, odd director's choice to switch to, you know, oh, by the way, this is all just a movie, you know? I didn't get that. I didn't really get that. Uh, And that that bothered me a little bit. Uh, I I read a, a few things about this movie and... I still, I mean, I could kind of understand why Kiristami would do it, but, you know, there was one review uh, from the front row. I don't know that publication. The ending, this is what, uh, the guy's name's Matthew Lucas. This is what he said. The ending is ambiguous in the most lovely Kiristami tradition. Yeah, it is. I like that it's ambiguous. But its segue into behind-the-scenes footage is as exhilarating as it is disorienting. Exhilarating? No, I didn't think it was exhilarating. Disorienting? Yeah. Anyway, uh, the rest of the quote goes, it's as if the film is on the verge of revealing all the answers of life itself and then pulls back at the last second, returning the mystery to the audience. In doing so, it attains a kind of haunting mysticism, profoundly shifting the audience's perception of reality. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I see that. I like that quote there. Pulls back at the last second, you know reality you know it gets pulled back you know you you we realize that we're watching this bizarre movie about uh 
you know, it's just a very sad man. And then he pulls back the curtain and goes, eh, it's just a movie. Don't worry. But I, I, I don't, I still, I would have liked the movie a lot more if Kiristami just removed that last scene and just kept it how it was. I really would have. I, I feel like that was very contrived and forced and, and uh, I just didn't like it. I didn't like that part. Now, most critics love this movie. It was on a lot of top 10 lists. It was, you know, considered to be one of Kiristami's greatest movies. Excuse me, sorry. Um, God, the burping is just like, my burping is out of control. I'm really sorry. Roger Ebert, the late, great Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times, he hated the movie. He actually went on to add it to his most hated movies of all time list. He gave it one out of four stars. He called the movie excruciatingly boring. And basically, I'll paraphrase, he, he didn't like how Badi, you, you don't know any of his backstory. You don't know anything about him. He said that was a huge flaw in the movie. And he also said... Like what I'm saying, he did not like the last shot when Kiristami breaks the fourth wall and shows you, you know, footage of him filming everything in the desert, uh, which I agree with. Now, I didn't hate this movie. Um, I think overall, you know, look, I'm, I'm talking about it and I'm not ripping it apart or anything like that. I, 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 it just, it didn't quite work for me. It was, it was, um, I think really just that last shot. And also, like, that last shot didn't ruin the movie for me, but I think also it wasn't really quite as deep and powerful and meaningful as I expected it to be. Now, it does have really good moments. It does have very poetic... Uh, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. What's another word for poetic? I don't know. Intellectual! I don't know. Um, No, it has some very visually gorgeous moments that kind of mirror the the fragility of life i think and the uh the the uh finite is that the right word temporary life you know you know what i mean i think you know there's 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 a great sequence in this movie for example where body goes to this uh all these uh diggers are you know there are these diggers i don't know what the word is and i hate using that word digger i don't know the other word but yeah they're they're it's like holes you know like movie holes dig uh, uh, dig yeah they're there and there's sand everywhere and they they have these like cherry pickers and there's sand going everywhere and that moment was really effective because it shows body he's just you know walking through completely unaffected by everything and i think it's kind of it's a chilling moment because it really shows you how that's kind of how the human body is. You know, that's how, that's what death is like. You're here and then you're not here. You know, you, you're here and then you disappear and you become one with the earth. You know, it, it's, it's a, it, it was a very, very hypnotic, very uh, moving moment that really stuck with me. I'm still thinking about that shot. Just, you know, the actor, uh, Urshkadi, Wait, did I say his name right? Yeah, Urshadi. He, um, Ur Urshadi. I'm sorry, Urshadi. He, you know, really killed this role. I think, and uh, you know, there's other moments too. I think we've all in our lives have been very, very unhappy at one point or another. You know, and I think there are definitely times where there's so much going on around us and we witness it, but we still just don't feel anything. You know, we don't really feel any emotion. And I think Kiristami, and also the cinematographer here, his name is Homayum Pavar. Uh, <laughs> Pavar, I don't know why I said it like that. They really capture that really well. They really capture that hopeless feeling, you know? It's like 
Badi is walking around this desert and it's it's empty and it's desolate and and you know eventually he'll come across a huge crowd of of, of workers in the desert working and and he's just watching them and and you almost a part of you is going like Badi like there's more to live for you know like like live life like see like there's people around you you're not alone you know if you feel alone you're not alone look around that was very effectively well done in this movie and I like that I really did like that you know there's a really uh kind of humorous moment where Badi is driving and his tire goes off the road a little bit. And then all of these men, all these workers just come out of nowhere and they just all lift up his car with him in it and get him out of the, out of the ditch, you know? And it's another example of, you know, look, life is so hard and life can be so shitty sometimes, but you know, there is good around you. So I think, you know, look, while talking about this, I, I am appreciating the movie a little bit more. I am. Um, I think, you know, also having the movie be set in the desert was a very obvious but very effective choice. The desert is just a flat plateau, you know? I mean, it is just like... It's the perfect setting for um, a film like this. It's the perfect setting if you're writing a poem, you know? I mean, it's it's when, when you're in the desert, you have no one to face but yourself, really. You know? I mean, you'll come across people occasionally and maybe some snakes and, you know, some flies... But, uh, it, it, you are just with yourself, you know, you are, and you do have to kind of face your demons. And, and I think that was, you know, kind of a bold choice in this. I got to go to a desert, uh, in Israel in 2019. I think it was the Masada desert. I think that's what it's called. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's chilling. It's very chilling when you go there and all you hear is just the wind and, you know, you just look out on the horizon, you just see nothing but endless mountains and, dunes and sand and and uh, it feels good and then the fly goes in your ear and you're like no go away yeah it's really annoying but it's a it's yeah you know this movie it, it it uh I think if I you know if I saw this movie in 1997 I would probably give it like a b like three stars a b uh I am very curious to see Kiristami's other movies. I've really, and I'm look. here's the biggest surprise too, because I've, I've said this in a few episodes too, you know, movies like this, there are going to be a lot of them. There are going to be a lot of artsy, slow moving movies where you have to sit back and interpret what everyone's thinking. And the movie doesn't offer any exposition or anything. And it's all up to you to decide. And, and I like that. I did like that about this movie. I'll disagree with Roger Ebert. No, I like that body. You don't, know a lot about him, you know, because I think it depends on how you view this movie. You can view this movie as a traditional movie, or you can view it as a story, you know, a, a, uh, <laughs> I thought I sounded really clever when I said that. And I, I don't, um, you, you got to interpret this movie literally, like as I was watching this, I could just picture it as a poem literally a poem like I could just see the words almost appearing on screen like a man in the desert not happy with life you know comes across strangers what will he do you know there's there's a lot of that in this film which which I like so I think that the script mostly worked that last scene drove me crazy I did not like that there are some really uh powerful there's there's some really powerful imagery in this film it's a sad film without being a really depressing downer of a film. And, uh, and it is well done. It is for the most part, it's well done. I, I really, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this director's, uh, other movies. Um, 
I think I covered everything. Yeah. Interesting movie, you guys. Interesting movie. And you know what? Yes, I would recommend it. What did I learn from this movie? Um, get help. <laughs> I think I'm going to put a warning uh, at the, in the show notes for this. Yeah, because, you know, th- these are sensitive topics, of course. Suicide is not a joking topic at all. But uh, get help. I guess that's... Well, okay. Two things. Yes, get help, of course. If you're not happy with your life, please get help. Um... We only live once. We we all deserve to be here. Life can get so awful sometimes. We all know that. But, you know, talk to someone. Do it. I was in a serious slump last summer, and I immediately went to therapy, and I feel so much better, except for today, just because I'm having a bad day with my pharmacy. But besides that, everything is good, you know? But at the same time, this is also just a movie. So what did I learn from the movie? Um, well, basically... You can write, if, if there are any aspiring writers or filmmakers out there, you can do it. You really can. And you know what? If people don't like ambiguity, screw them. If you like ambiguity in your stories, good. Do it. Write it. I think that this movie is a really good example of that. I think if, if you love to write, if you love um, film as well, you know, and you really are into screenwriting and writing really uh, deep uh, uh, character, character dramas like this, this is a really good example to watch. And I'm pretty certain a lot of other of, uh, Kiristami's films are also like this, but yeah, I would recommend it. I would, um, you can try to watch it on HBO max. I don't know. You see, I thought it was my TV because I have a big TV and you know, this movie's 1997, but the quality, you know, it's not, it's, it's not like avatar or whatever. It's not going to be that crystal clear. But I put on another movie because I thought it may have been my TV and the quality was um, like perfect. So yeah, HBO Max, unfortunately, I mean, call your senators and have them change that because that's just, you know, unacceptable. But as I just found out, though, it is currently also on YouTube. Uh, You just have to put on the closed captions, but it should not be on YouTube. It's probably going to get taken down. But yeah, try it. Try this movie. Honestly, give it a go. And you know what? If you disagree with me about the ending, then it's all good. I won't talk to you again. No, I'm kidding. No. Um, yeah, I like this one. I did. I didn't love it, but I liked it. I think, uh, you know, Kiristami, you've, you've made a pretty impactful, sad, but, you know, oddly kind of beautiful movie in a way. Um, but it did have a few issues. It's that damn ending. It's always about the ending. The ending is the most important thing. Remember that movie Secret Window with Johnny Depp uh, by Stephen King where Johnny Depp ends up being the killer the whole time? Don't worry. It's not a spoiler. It is a spoiler. Uh, But uh, there's an important line in that movie where I think he says the most important thing of any story or movie is the ending. It's true. It's all about the ending. That ending, if you don't get it right, you're dead. No. Oh, no. I'm just kidding. No, you're not dead. Wow, everything just got really morbid here. Okay. <laughs> oh, brother. Well, this was fun, you guys. Um, I really hope you enjoyed it. I know, and I do apologize that it's another sad movie, but it's not my fault. I didn't put these movies on the list, okay? I would recommend it, though. Uh, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Tell everyone you know about, I'm reviewing here. Share it with everyone. Um, leave a review if you'd like. This is really, really fun. Uh, I'm learning a lot from these movies already. I think it's so much fun doing this. It's really, really, really fun getting to, you know, try to interpret movies, even the bad ones, even the ones that you will never vow to watch again in Vonda's room. Uh, But uh, 
last episode, I have like actual PTSD just from recording that episode. Christ almighty. But yes, this was really good. I will see you uh, next week for the next movie. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.